This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the 4,000 members of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And our goal is to give you really good local information. That's how this show got started. We were being inundated with national news about the real estate market that didn't really pertain to our local market. And our the station owner said, why don't you give us some local news? So here we are 13 years later. And to help me out today, we have realtor extraordinaire, you'll never hear that again from me, <laughs> Tommy Smith of Realty Concepts. Um, Tommy, how, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right. How long you been in the real estate business? I'm going on 17 years now. Okay. And I understand that the guy that usually sits at this desk, Chris Gabriel, yeah. Monday through Friday, you happen to be a neighbor. Yeah. And we're both Bears fans. That was crazy. Yeah. No. How did that happen that you became a Chicago Bear fan? Long story short, my grandma from my mom's side uh, lived uh, in Chicago on the south side by Comis- Old Comiskey Park. And out of all of her maybe 70 grandkids and great-grandkids, um, I'm the only one that became a Bears fan. She would always go back to Chicago every year and start bringing something home that had the Bears on it. And it drew me in. And, she- and you're the only one? I'm the only one. See, I always knew you were different. I know. That's right. <laughs> hey. All right. We got to bear down this weekend. Come on. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. All right. You, I remember you because you you and I worked together during the REO era. Yeah. That, let's say back in 2009, 10, 11. Man, things were tough then. So what? Um, everybody in March predicted that our real estate market today would be in the tank like it was back then. Not sure. everybody predicted that. Yeah. Many people predicted that. Um, so what I would like to do in this first segment is talk about hindsight as 2020. So let's look back on last year. Sure. What what was last year like? Um, And not from a Chicago Bears site. Yeah. I, I'm talking about from a real estate market sure. site. <laughs> It had its challenges, like every other teacher or uh, attorney. We had our own. We had our own challenges. I think with real estate, one thing that separates us is we're always critical thinkers and we're always on the fly um, because every every transaction can be different. So I think actually going into the 2020 COVID season, we were kind of prepared for it as an aspect of we kind of just drummed on our own beat. And then if we have a, a, a hiccup or something in our transactions, we're able to adjust on them. So and what I mean by that is 2020 threw challenges at us. It threw curveballs at us. Oh, a lot of them. And so I think... Um, as a realtor, as a father, I mean, 
I got to appreciate my home more because my it was also it wasn't just my house it was my school it was my classroom for my kids and so I feel like everybody got to appreciate their home more in 2020 or the value of their home mm. as not just a, a, a roof over their head it was I think I think it was a big comfort blanket over everybody being in your home that that's interesting so I like how you put that. Our homes became our comfort blanket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas maybe during the REO crisis, our, our home became a burden. Yeah. And even going back before the REO, when, when you know, Fresno County blew up in 02, 03, 04, um, people used their houses as ATMs, which led us to the REO era, steroid era, as you like to call it sometimes. But the COVID era, I think, gave people it. Beca- our homes became, like I said, our classrooms. It became our movie theaters. It became our playgrounds and our backyards. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a totally different aspect of our cycles of real estate. All right, interesting. So, and I like what you said that realtors are used to change. We have to be resiliency because even inside of a 30-day escrow, things can change dramatically. Yeah. And we have to be the, the problem solver and, and sh- uh, the leader of resiliency yeah. to get it home. Yeah, and we're also a, a cheerleader um, for our clients, whether it's a seller or a buyer. We're always having to be there to... Uh, keep that positive vibe going for them, whether we find a hiccup with the lender or uh, something with a buyer, but we're always their cheerleader. So, I mean, I feel like we always have to be the ones that are being positive and being, again, just looking forward and keep moving that that bus along. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happened last spring when yeah. we had the shelter in place. Yeah. And remember, for three weeks, we weren't allowed to show a house yeah. physically it had to be virtually yeah um by the way how did clients take to that that virtual thing it was kind of cool um you know it it's it showed me that um we can persevere and um do things outside the box um i you know shoot we were having I still even just the other day had a zoom meeting with clients for the first time um just because they weren't ready to get together in person so it was like hey let's get to you know we did zoom now so it's you just got like i said we're always having to just to think outside the box and just keep moving forward that reminds me of a few months ago when i called you up and i said i think i have to learn how to do zoom is it all right if you and i have a zoom conversation (laughs) um and after what 30 minutes it worked yeah i i mean i saw your picture but i didn't hear, and you were moving your mouth but i couldn't hear anything but it worked out great <laughs> well that's because you muted me more than uh, likely yeah <laughs> all right so go let's look back to january 2020 okay um may probably hadn't even heard the term coronavirus yet yeah um what were you expecting for 2020 I was still expecting our housing market to actually get stronger than it was in 2019. Um, the interest rates kept dropping. Um, shoot, I mean, 
I feel like every month or every three weeks, we were getting a notification that interest rates kept going lower. Um, and there was no end to that. It, we didn't have any signs that, you know, hey, we're going to raise the interest rates or anything like that. I mean, our biggest hurdle going from 2019 into the 2020 season was our inventory um, and our lack of inventory, which drove our market, you know, really crazy here in 2019 and then going into 2020. And then, I mean, shoot, if you're driving around, whether you're by the Clovis East area of Clovis or now going north at uh, Shepherd and Clovis Avenue, they're building. Builders are building. And it's always been kind of my rule of thumb. If the builders are building, there's a demand for real estate. So I just keep we keep seeing the building and and going into January 2020, that wasn't stopping. Um, I mean, now, shoot, a year later um, at Clovis and Shepherd, it's there's a whole new development there that was almond trees a, a year ago. Yeah, that's right. And I remember in 2020, January 2020, I thought the biggest driver, I, I expected the market to be good too th throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I would have told you the number one reason. In fact, I bet if you go back to the podcasts we had back then, I would say consumer confidence yeah. was even greater than what the interest rates were doing. Yeah, um, People were confident about their jobs. People were confident about stability. Yeah, And so they wanted to buy into stability. Sure, I agree. Um, People, yeah, jobs were, were doing well. Unemployment was low. Yeah. Um, didn't take too long, though. By March, every time you turn the TV on, you kept hearing that term, coronavirus. Yeah. And then next thing we heard, new terms, shelter in place, safer at home. And that safer at home thing might be what helped drive the market because the key word there is home. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave us an appreciation for our home. Like you were saying, it's now your kid's classroom, playground, uh, movie theater. That, that's a new one. I hadn't heard that one before, Tommy. Yeah. It, you're good at these sound bites. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I learned it from you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that is pretty much what helped drive our market. Uh, after March yeah. it is that new appreciation for a home. I'll, t I'll throw another one at you that changed in March and April with the shelter in place was people that used to work, a, that still works a nine to five that didn't go to an office and they were working remotely. Another term here we, you know, learned yeah. was I've noticed an influx of buyers coming back to the valley that may have worked at a big city like san francisco or la because their corporations or their businesses are realizing we can do this remotely um and so i've noticed you know you throw in now movie theater playground now it's your office and so i just feel like that's what really drove our last few months of the COVID or coronavirus um, aspect of our market. So just before we go to commercial break, I have an interesting thought. In 2019, 
remote was something that we looked for in the seat cushions of our couch. Yeah. In 2020, it was how we worked. Correct. With that, we're going to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and I let that one go a little longer for our Chicago Bear fan guest today, Tommy Smith, also with Realty Concepts, a realtor, and uh, got a lot of experience through some uh, interesting years in the real estate market. Um, you said, what, 16 Seven, years? Going on 17. 17, okay. Yeah. Um we were talking in the last one about 2020 and where, um, what it was like, uh, and may, and maybe what can we learn from all of this? So we, we talked January through March. Now we're shelter in place. We're, we're told you can't go show a home by the end of March. Um, a lot of different forms came out which started to allow us to show homes again. Sure. Tell us about your favorite form. <laughs> it is an acronym called PEAD, and it's P-E-A-D. It's Property Entry Advisory Disclosure, and it just allowing people, buyers and sellers, to sign off on them coming through their house through a pandemic. And we, as realtors, just kind of, again, on the fly, was able to look forward in this process as far as we weren't sure on timing or how long this shelter in place or, I mean, shoot, I mean, how crazy is it now to drive around on Saturday and Sunday and not see any open house signs? And so, you know, having the... Um, forefront of looking into it that's the one thing that, that's great with association of realtors and always use a realtor it's they're always thinking ahead and so this form just was to let the buyers let the sellers know that we're going through your house and we made changes and, and you know how many times in your real estate career um did you want to open closets or touch handles or be curious of what's back in, you know, back in here in that closet. You know, and so it was just, it changed our dynamic of showing and, and, and being more front with people saying we can't do this or this. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's usually the clients that are opening yeah. closet doors and pantry doors. And, um, but the good part that's come out of this is now sellers are instructed to leave those doors open yeah. so, so that people can lights, look in lights there. Lights on for oh, us. Yeah. Man. I was getting so tired <laughs> after 43 years of being a light switch monitor. <laughs> you have to turn them on, turn them off. Was that one on or was it off? You know, and, yeah. and uh, now it's a lot better when the seller just has it all on. I could walk in and actually work, uh, relate with the client about you know, the size of the rooms or, or whatever, because I'm not being the light switch monitor anymore. Yeah. And, and I'm going to follow up with something else that 
I know this is something that me and you have both talked about. One of the biggest differences is when we go to showings with buyers, I'm used to picking them up or I'm used to them meeting at the office and driving together and learning about that person. If I don't, you know, that buyer, that if I don't know them personally, I'm trying to pick their brain or I'm just wanting to build a relationship with them. I, uh, that coronavirus took that away from us. And part of, I think the reason that we're in real estate is we like people and we like to get to know people and they be, you know, they become, you know, friends of ours and family of ours. And we lost that, uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. So showings now are just, Hey, meet me at this house. And then you don't want to linger at the house and talk to them because of, you know, the, the, our peds and stuff like that. And so it's just been weird. That, that dynamic of communication has really had a, like, for me, you know, going into 17 years, you said 43 years, different markets offer different challenges. And, uh, you know, it's teaching an old soul a new trick, so to speak. And God, I'm uh, glad you called me an old soul and not an old dog. I was trying to figure that proper thing for you, but <laughs> I didn't want to say dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but it made us as realtors adapt and change some of our ways. And so it kind of gave me kind of a little bit of a, a boost. Um, I was learning something new. And so it just kind of changed our outlook, I feel like. That's interesting. Okay. It gave you something new to learn. And I'll give you two more challenges. You said that, you know, we lost that ability to learn about our client and for our client to learn about us by driving together yeah. to the different homes. Um, the other challenges are there's, you really have to hone your listening skills yeah. because we don't have as much nonverbal communication. Correct. I used to see a lot from people's expressions. Now I only get to see their eyes because people are wearing masks. Yeah. You know, you don't see them biting their lip or, 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 um, that big smile. Yeah. <laughs> right. The other thing is because there's been increased business, oftentimes there's a waiting line at the curb to show the house. Yes. So you can't really just stay out there in the front yard and talk about the house anymore. It's more like, well, and you can't get in your car to go Together. show them. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll call you later. <laughs> Find out what you think. And and going off of that is, you know, you go to a house, if it has a waiting period, and, you know, if we're scheduled for another showing right after that, you really don't want to talk about the last house because you're trying to focus on the next house. And people just, you know, our minds sometimes don't work mm -hmm. that way where we can – Think about one and look at one. And then it's like, well, did that one have this one or was that that one? And and so it just kind of, our, everything was off. Like, you know, it really yeah. was. And then you have the next buyer waiting to go in. Maybe they're 10 feet away waiting for you to leave. So you can't really talk about, well, did you want to submit an offer on yeah. this one? Because you don't want that other buyer to know. Correct. So, yeah, it, it our communication is certainly different. Yeah, it is. Um. All right, so that, and I've got, I've got to go to one of the more uh, uh, challenging times that I had. It was at the end of March. As president of the association, we're inside of a three-week-long shelter-in-place where we're not supposed to show houses, no open houses. And the real estate industry is up in arms. And 
I'm being told by our executive officer, man, you got to, you know, let's make a video. You need to talk to the realtors, tell them that this is, you know, the rules. We're not supposed to show homes. And I mean, that, that's tough to tell somebody, hey, you can't work. Yeah. Because this is what we knew work to be. So we crafted a, a, a little video. We put it out to all the realtors and put it out on, on our Facebook page for the realtors saying, you know, these are the rules from the state of California saying that we cannot show show these houses. We got that edited, put, you know, fixed up. It, on a Friday night and it, Saturday morning, it goes out to all the realtors. Well, little did I know, or anybody else in Fresno know, but Saturday afternoon, our California Association of Realtors was meeting with the governor's office and they presented to them these PED forms and a method of how we could do it. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> by 5.33 on the same, <laughs> I think at nine nine o'clock in the morning, my video goes out saying, "Don't show houses, yep. no open houses." At five thirty three, CAR puts one out saying, "We now can do it." And um, God, I sounded like a flip flopper, <laughs> but actually, it was just that that's how fast things were moving. Yeah, agree. Yeah. So then we moved on to April and May, but I think cautiously. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was afraid to touch a doorknob because we were told, you know, that coronavirus stays on that doorknob for I, I mean, 48 hours. I don't know about you, but I kept thinking I was a CSI agent and not a realtor. You know, we're walking in with gloves. We're walking in with masks. And, you know, don't, don't touch, you know, like it's a crime scene. Don't touch anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was just, again, just adapting. And uh, I, honestly, it was one of my jokes when I would tell to break the ice with people and be like, hey, I feel like we're, you know, at a crime scene right now. Right. And yeah, it, we just laugh and you're right. And just kind of move on. So then I would say June through the rest of the year, the housing market locally, well, and nationally just boomed. Yeah. And I would say we may as realtors had a three-week period of hiccups through 2020 three weeks out of the whole year um and that was just because the unknowns but i mean it's been one of my best years in the in the business and um i just don't see it stopping right mm -hmm. now for yeah. a while okay and we are going to talk about that later on in the show about what we forecast for 2021, what we've seen so far in the first, what is it, the ninth? Yeah. Okay. So um, not a lot of uh, sample size there, but we'll see what's going on. And um, now we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio today, we have Tommy Smith, realtor extraordinaire from Realty Concepts and um, been in the business 17 years. It's been a wild 17 years. I, I have to admit the first 17 years that I was in it, we had a very subtle recession. 
<laughs> uh, you know, interest rates went to 17 and a half. That, that caused a, a recession, um, but it was subtle. Yeah. Um, although back then, realtors had to be resilient. We had to, f- it, it was hard to get a 17 and a half percent mortgage. Yeah. We had to figure out ways where the buyer would assume the, the sellers first, create a seller, se- seller owner carry uh, uh, for a second, um, to make things much more affordable, then the seller who needed the money, we would then sell that second trust deed in escrow to an investor. And it, it was a wild way of selling homes, but people who needed to sell and people who needed to buy were accommodated by this creativity. Um, in fact, we've heard creative financing. All right. Well, that led to some over creative financing in the early 2000s yeah and let's go talk about you know you said i i dubbed that the steroid era give me your take on that era and what followed my take and i was just talking with clients a couple days ago about this was buyers had no skin in the game back then um so, and I told my clients th- this and that we had so many people in the early 2000s using their house as an ATM and not a house, not a home, of what it's for. And, you know, maybe shame on whoever was creating these loan packages or shame on the cl- buyer's that were used, you know, would get a hundred thousand equity within two months of purchasing a house. I mean, no fault of them. Uh, it just was how our market was, but then they would buy a boat or buy that new big truck they wanted. They would pull the money out of the house. So that's why I say, you know, they used it like an ATM Mm -hmm. machine. Again, they didn't cause our market, you know, people that did that didn't cause our market to change the way it did. It just, it just happened. And so, um, then it turned into our REO era and which I refer to as the sedative era. Yeah. So we went from steroids to being sedated. Yeah. And, um, there was no normalcy for about 10 years. Yeah. None. And, um, you know, as we were going up through those mountains and valleys and coming up and coming down coming up and coming down so to speak and um that definitely offered a lot of challenges um you know we we knew we probably both personally knew people that lost homes from that steroid era um because of maybe no fault of them but they had a a bad loan where their payments in two years jumped from a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars and um, I, I think, and that steroid era, we were so, everybody was so blinded by how easy I think it was to purchase a house. We were so blinded by how much, uh, if, uh, how much equity, quick equity we all got on properties. And then we were all blinded by, um, doing it just to get it done because there was at that time, uh, you know, we were people were so scared of not not scared people were so worried about not 
getting a house while everyone else was or mm-hmm. and so they would blindly just jump into a house or jump into a loan is probably a better you know thing to say well and there was a misconception people were saying well real estate always goes up yeah yeah it's historically that is true look at today compared to 2010 um or two, 2000 so historically that's true but no not always in the short term yeah now uh you and i saw some really bad situations because wait i think it was in 2009 i kind of hired you on to help me out with foreclosures yeah uh, i got a foreclosure account and uh, the bank would send me out there and it, and we would go out to well see if the home was occupied you were probably really happy and impressed that i hired you on thinking oh my, he must think i'm smart or maybe it's because i'm six foot four and and a big guy and and um you know when we knock on those unknown doors did you just did you hire me for a bodyguard no i hired you because i knew i could run faster than you (laughs) 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 and they always get the slow one not the faster one so (laughs) we we did see some pretty crazy things i mean i'll not it's not for radio but we did see some some really crazy things back then yeah yeah some that we can talk about for radio because <clears throat> it'll show us what's what it was like it was extremely hard to knock on the door and see a couple come to the door and they knew what you were there for um and they they just wanted to know how much time do we have before yeah. we have to move out of our home yeah and that our home was a oh it was a killer yeah because you see the kids running around and um but you know if they hadn't made a payment in a year they already knew it yeah correct yeah um i remember we ran across one and this was this shows what the steroid era was about so somebody had on our records we could see they originally bought the home for $65,000 back in the late 90s. Then they did six a series of six cash out refis. That what what it is is when the value grew beyond 65,000, it was now worth 125,000. They borrowed 125,000. A year later, they borrowed 175,000. So they were supplementing their annual income by $50,000. That home got the last loan was for $300,000. And this is like eight or nine years after they bought it for 65,000. And now they owe 300,000 on it, which, and I remember asking them, well, how did you think you were gonna pay for a loan like that? when you know you you were telling me you barely qualified at 65,000 they said well the it was a really low interest rate it was 1% for the first 5 years yeah um but what they didn't realize is that was an adjustable rate and that loan got away from them yeah. that, I mean, it, you know it it really wasn't for 5 years Correct. they misunderstood that yeah um and, and within a year it was up to five percent then seven percent 
they could not afford the payment yeah. on 300000 So they ended up having to lose it. But then here comes this sedated part. Now the government is telling the lenders, hey, you guys better do something. Uh, this thing's getting out of hand. So what they did is they cut off the water spigot and they made lending rules really tough. Yeah. Those adjustable rate, those easy to qualify, no documentation loans were gone. All of a sudden now you had to be hyper qualified to, to buy a home. Yeah. So now you got a bunch of homes on the market because people needed to sell, but you have fewer buyers because it was so hard to qualify. The market became sedated. Yeah, and on top of being harder to qualify, you got to figure, <clears throat> you would probably know this better than me, but a percentage rate of foreclosed buyers or who were foreclosed mm -hmm. on, I mean, we had, they had to have a grace period to wait to purchase again. Um, so, I mean, that made it tough as well. And, yeah. I, you know, I kept our uh, uh, inventory up high as well as the fact that, you know, we just didn't have the influx of buyers back then. Sure. So, so like right now, we have so many buyers that are moving up, yeah. selling one, moving on. Yes. We didn't have that back then because some people were two, three, four payments behind. So now their credit's bad. And now the lenders are sedating it by saying, you have to have impeccable credit yeah. to, to purchase a home. Yeah. Uh, so, so there were fewer buyers and a lot more homes. Then we hit a period of time where we had the strategic default um, for, uh, that as a foreclosure. That was the people that said, man, I owe 300,000 on this and it's only worth 200,000. It'll never be worth 300,000 again. So they walk away um, intentionally. Yeah. Even though they could, they could afford it, but they walked away because they didn't feel it would be worth it again. And it's like, well, I'll leave the problem to the bank. Now, how good were the banks at solving these problems? So they, they this is a loaded question, but how good were the banks as far as fixing up, treating, managing foreclosures, th these properties that they owned? I always thought that it was, we, it wasn't true business. And I took that term from you and I don't remember it. I know. And, <laughs> um, the, there was no, again, earlier in the show, we, I said, you know, we're in the people business and the banks are in the money business and which that's, that's life. That's, you know, not, mm -hmm. not nothing against banks. That's what it is. That's what they're there for. But a home has energy, a home has um, value, a home has heart, and banks didn't care about that. They just wanted to get out of this mess that was created probably by someone else, another bank, and um, just kind of, I don't want to say took shortcuts, but there's just there was no human element there for them. Yeah. They were looking at the numbers. Yeah, they're all numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we, we would be going through a, a listing and there'd be 10 offers on it. And it, it was a numeric decision for them. Yeah. They would say, well, this one's higher. We're going with it. 
But it's like, wait a minute, though. You know, this one has some weird terms. Ah, they, who were we? Yeah. What, did, what did we know? Correct. Remember that one asset manager that took me back to first grade and tried to teach me everything about real estate? I, I was mad for months. <laughs> <laughs> and here at the time, you probably had, you know, 35 years of experience. Yeah. And it was a new asset manager that just got hired on <laughs> to, to do, R, do REOs. But uh, that was horrible. She treated me like I was a first grader. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and of course, hey, having nuns for teachers, I was very compliant. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I didn't want to get hit with the ruler. That's right. All right. With that, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. If I could just come in, I swear I'll leave. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Tommy Smith of Realty Concepts is here. And we are, we've been talking about homes and what it was like in 2020, uh, what it was like um, during the steroid era, the sedative era of, of the earlier 2000s. And I think that song that Miranda Lambert just had on was uh, the, the home that built me. So if, if we could all think about that home that we grew up in that meant everything to us, that is why you want to buy, not to be part of the roller coaster ride uh, uh, of real estate investment. It's about the home. Yeah, and to tie in how COVID and the coronavirus has changed some outlooks was that is just people realize I think more people realize the value of their home um I really do yeah yeah so that's probably the the positive thing that came out of 2020 yeah was the appreciation for a home yeah and yeah values went up about 10 percent that's appreciation but that's not the appreciation we're talking about. Correct. We're talking about the one from your heart. Correct. And um, all right. So what do you see this continuing on in 2021? You, you've got nine days worth of history now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go and something I should have trademarked a long time ago because you stole it from me. Me? Yeah. And you use it all the time on the radio. And now I'm hearing National Association of Realtors is using it. And, but a long time ago when the market changed, we're back there now to where I feel like it's a seller's market. Because like you just said, most sellers have equity in their mm -hmm. home. Um, and it's a buyer's market because of that interest rate right now. I have to admit, I did steal that from you. Damn and you. But hey, you should have trademarked it, but you didn't do it. So, And I'm the guy with the microphone every Saturday morning. I know. So, um, I, it, it, and it's true, and that's what's driving the market right now. We have a phenomena that we have both a seller's market and a buyer's market going on at the same time. 
the buyer's market because affordability is so much greater. Um, it, it's just so much greater. Way back when, I used to have a little, you know, when people would, here you are going through the house and opening up the pantry door, and they go, so what's the monthly payment on this? <laughs> <laughs> they ask you at the, at the oddest time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had all these little shortcuts in my brain. I knew that, okay, if it was a $150,000 home, the payment was going to be about 1500 a month. Yeah. Uh, that was, and I tell them it's about that, you know, but we'll get that from the loan officer, what it is exactly. It, and that's what people needed to know so they could know if they were looking in the right price range. So it was that, I call it the one-to-one ratio or yeah. the, you know, $150,000, $1,500 a month. Now the interest rates are so low for 30-year fixed rate mortgages. These are not even adjustables. These are like the safest tool there is. Um, it's about half that. That $150,000 home is no longer $1,500 a month. It's more like $750. Yeah. And I know every loan officer out there listening to this is probably rolling their eyes. Where's he coming up with these numbers? I'm going to be close. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, close counts in some things. Yeah. And you had talked about what, you know, we're nine days or eight days into this year. What we're going to see here, I'm going to go back to coronavirus December of this of 2020. And I'm going to use you as an example. But you had a listing in Clovis. Tell your tell tell me how many offers did you get on that house? Maybe even more incredible than the offers was the amount of showings. Yeah. Here we, we enter the market on the 23rd of December. Um, and we entered the market because there were not very many homes on the market. So we did that strategically yeah. on purpose. Um, competition was low. So <clears throat> put it on the market Wednesday morning. On Christmas Eve on Thursday, I had showings set up every 30 minutes from eight o'clock till dark. Yeah. We didn't allow showings on Christmas day. Then we opened it up again on Saturday and on Sunday afternoon we met. There had been 32 showings. So what's this about, oh, things slow down for Christmas? Yeah. 32 showings in a um, three and a half day period of time. Yeah. Of those 32, 26 people made offers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now it was a nice house. Everything was done. I mean, it, yeah. you couldn't find a scratch on the inside or the outside of that house. Um, but look at that momentum that carried right through to Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, and, and we would have had showings Christmas Day if we would have allowed them. And you're really good about allow, letting your sellers know to put that welcome mat out. Another term, I, you, you might have stole that from me too. I should have uh, trademarked that one. You should have. That was a good one. But, you know, that you prepared your clients enough, well enough, that that those 26 offers were um, warranted. Um, one, there's a demand, the buyers. Um, there's a demand, lack of inventory. And then <clears throat> you had set up 
the welcome mat of communicating with the other agents, timing-wise of when you put it on the market, and then um, the house showed great. Mm-hmm. So, so and let me describe what the welcome mat is because this is something that actually the seller and the listing agent do in uh, together. Yeah. So seller does puts out the welcome mat by cleaning up the home, decluttering it, getting it uh, viewable. Yeah. The listing agent puts the welcome mat out by putting as few obstacles to showing that property as possible. Yeah. I mean, we've all been in, you know, wanting to show a home. We have a client who says, hey, I can look Saturday morning. But you look and it says, oh, you know what? You you can only look Monday through Friday between these hours. Yeah. Or there's restrictions like that. Yes. Or the famous one has to be pre or cross qualified by my lender, not your lender. Yeah. So, I mean, the buyer has to give all their personal information to somebody else that they're not going to use. Yeah. Just that's not good. That's an obstacle that's being created. Sure. Um, and it also, in a way, says as the seller wants control or the seller's agent wants control of everything. Correct. So not a not a great relationship to get into. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that welcome mat is very important. So the buyer feels welcome to their new home. Yeah. That's why we have the name of our radio show, Welcome Home Radio. Good. <laughs> and I do see that's, I don't think the 26 offers will be a norm here this year, but in 2021, but I do see our market staying that competitive. Boy, I hope it's not the norm because yes, I am an old dinosaur and I have some old rules. One of my old rules is to call each agent and say, oh, yeah. I'm sorry you didn't get it rather than just an email yeah you know and i do that to because i i knew a lot of these people yeah (laughs) that was hard to call one person and say congratulations and it's all happy and then you call 25 people and give them bad news yeah and that's where in the beginning of our us being cheerleaders i mean think about the deflation of the buyers right now that's the hard part for for a lot of buyers ah very good point. So we, we what a tough job we have, Tommy. <laughs> we, all the way from uh, cheerleader to counselor to expert on trust deeds and, and grant deeds. Well, to all of our listeners out there, we want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this and learned something from it. And um, we'll be back again next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about some of the 2020 numbers and statistics. So tune in. Thank you.